freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to another episode of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. We're doing a series called American talking about the can-do spirit that is part of our American DNA. Absolutely. Our lives have just been completely upended with this whole COVID-19 coronavirus thing. And we're being told constantly about all the things we can't do and the places we can't go. But our guests during this series are experts in their field and telling us, encouraging us about all the things we still can learn and grow, train and connect and expand our freedoms in ways that maybe we haven't even thought about before. Well, our guest today is Mona K. Oshana. Mona is the co-chairwoman of American Assyrian Republican Coalition of Arizona. That is the AARCA. Her family escaped from the cruel totalitarian rule of Saddam Hussein. And she speaks from personal experience, the anguish and suffering of her people then and now in Iraq today, a view that's rarely seen or covered by the media. Mona offers a true glimpse inside of Iraq, beyond the controversy, beyond the politics, to the heart of the country and the people. Welcome to the show, Miss Mona. And did I say your last name correctly? You sure uh, did, Cheryl. And Dan, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on the program. It's great to have a voice. Thank you for this opportunity to speak to you. It's great to be living in the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. Oh, well, amen to that. I love that. And, you know, just before we even dive in, I see the, the amazing, beautiful red, white, and blue flag hanging there behind you. I see another flag as well. Could you talk to us a little bit about what that flag signifies? Thank you so much for asking me. To, um, I take great pride in speaking about that. Behind me, of course, is the flag that saved me. And uh, to my right is the flag of a stateless nation called the Assyrians. And I like to showcase it because um, the uh, world um, basically has uh, really uh, either abandoned or forgotten about a struggling nation that continues its plight to survive and its existence in the Middle East. So thank you for asking me. That flag is there so that the world can ask, what is that? Who is that? So that we are again, proud, proud to say that we are Assyrians and the en- enemy might have tried to annihilate us, but we are still here and that flag is flying and flying in no other country than the greatest country in the world that allowed us that freedom to be able to fly that flag, the Assyrian flag. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Mona, I know your, goosebumps. Your, yeah, your parents were in, uh, in Iraq and they came here. Were you born then or did they come and then you were born here? No, we uh, immigrated to the United States, all 10 of us. Uh, My dad was brought by my mother, uh, screaming and hollering and dragged, basically, because he didn't want to leave. He was about to retire uh, from the petroleum company that he was working in, and no, he did not want to come. But nevertheless, it was 10 of us. My mother had a premonition from God. She saw the signs, the dangers, and it was one of those uh, faithful women of God that heard God's voice to say, get out. And uh, she got all of us out, despite my, my, uh, my father's, of course, opposition. She got my brother out first, who was about to be enlisted into the Iraqi army. And uh, then we followed after 
uh, and then my, my dad, 20 days after we left, my dad followed, of course, had no choice, but yes, thank God, I call my mother, my late mother who died a few years ago, my lady liberty, not only did she give me life, but she gave me liberty. If it wasn't for my mother, I wouldn't be enjoying, and our family wouldn't be, uh, survive, would not have survived and enjoyed the liberties that we have here in America. Can you imagine, I mean, everyone, think about this, 10 people that uprooted from their house, all the comforts that they, the little comforts that you had, but it was, it was yours, call your own, right? To, to just blindly come to another country. Yeah, well, um, go ahead. I was just going to say, I often say this and people, you know, don't, you know, because America was the lighthouse of the world. It is where the world looked to for a great example of liberty and justice and, and pursuit of happiness. And uh, so I always tell people, we were Americans before coming to America because we believed in the, in the, in the democratic republic way uh, or lifestyle of America. And so um, even though you say in the comfort of our country, that comfort really was not comfort. And you, we didn't know the difference until we came to America and we said, aha, this is liberty. This mm. is what it feels like to be free because we knew no other comfort. It right. was our comfort zone only because we knew no other way right. of life. Right. And so, yes, I mean, it, it was, uh, it's, uh, it, it was a privilege and an honor. And I often say I have, uh, survivor's guilt because how fortunate was I and my family that mm. we were able to survive that those atrocities, the, the struggle, the plight, the regime of, the regime of Saddam Hussein, while others uh, mm. left behind. So, Amen to yeah. that. My goodness. And, you, and your so, brother was to be enlisted in the Iraq army and you were able to get him out. That is yeah. awesome story. That's great. Not get him out. I mean, I give glory to God first and foremost, uh, but I received my faith from my mother because she instilled in us the faith of Jesus Christ and the Christian faith, of course. But it was all my mother, a literate and an illiterate mother, a woman who didn't speak English, who spoke Arabic fluently, which was rare for her age, uh, the generational um, uh, uh, people in her generation. But nevertheless, processed documentations that she could not read, but yet knew the dangers that was coming, got him out first. And don't ask me why, because it was just short of miracle that how my mother got everybody out and got the rest of us out. So my hero, truly my hero uh, in heaven now was my angel, but on earth, my mother. And she faced risk to even believe in Jesus Christ in Iraq, right? I mean, was it, it wasn't well, kind of against the law? Yeah, well, as Assyrians are Christians um, and, and pretty much conservatives uh, from the start, from the get-go. We are, as a whole nation, uh, Christians, and our Christianity, we, we converted to Christianity uh, since the first century. So we were one of the first believers. And so being a threat, yes, we suffered many, many genocides, many persecutions, many governments that took over Iraq and the region. Uh, when we were there, it was called Mesopotamia, it was called Babylon, it was called the Assyrian Empire. Um, so the Assyrian warriors put down their earthly sword and took up the kingdom of heaven. And so we are proud to say since the beginning, St. Thomas brought us the faith um, that one of the disciples, we converted to Christianity as a whole uh, our leadership, our king, our monarchy, uh, up until today. So we have a very, very um, uh, wide and spreading roots of our faith, the tree of our faith, so that, yes, it was a threat. It's always been a threat. One of the things, like our founding fathers here in America, we escaped because we were religiously persecuted for our faith. Mm -hmm. As many of you were only able, or I should say many of the West or the world was able to find out later through the mm -hmm. butcher uh, the, the, the atrocities and the, and the killings and the beheadings and the atrocities of, of ISIS, that how uh, unfortunate it was to live in Iraq. Just to say, and, and just a bit of a disclosure, I didn't see any of that myself in Iraq because my mother had the wisdom and the inclination from God to leave, but that's what we could have suffered. And so you see before you a survivor of, of that atrocities of those persecutions. Well, Mona, Cheryl has a bunch of questions, and I kind of overstepped all of that, but I just <laughs> want to tell you, 
thank you to your family. Thank you to your mom for bringing strong people to our country to help us. Thank you. Thank you very Absolutely. much. Um, you are, Mona, a proud American. I mean, just looking at the flag behind you uh, and a proud Republican. Uh, I've listened to so much news that tries to tell me that Republicans are we're all a bunch of racists, right? We're all anti-immigration. But knowing you makes what the news tries to tell me seem really highly untrue. So talk to us about how you came to embrace conservatism. Um, people from the Middle East, uh, Cheryl and Dan, um, are particularly conservative, especially the Assyrian uh, who Assyrians who we recognize ourselves as, as Christians and Christians are naturally conservatives. Um, we, again, as I repeated, as I said earlier, we are converts from the first century. Therefore, conservatism is not a political position for us, but a cultural way of life, mm -hmm. more of a lifestyle. And so for us to be attacked and for me to be attacked, and I'm most likely almost all the time attacked, how can you be a, a immigrant and, and still be conservative? Um, so for it, it's really attacking my culture and attacking my roots and attacking my lifestyle. Some people will politicize conservatism, and I understand that, to say, oh, you're pro-life. I'm not pro-life because I'm a Republican. I am pro-life because our culture, our, our lifestyle, our upbringing, our faith teaches us in the Middle East as, as Christians from, from the get-go. It defines abortion, for example, as ending a life. It's, it's, it defines abortion as murder. And so we are naturally drawn to the Republican Party because we share the same values. It's not a matter of a choice that I made because my family this, my family that, no. And there are Assyrians that are liberals and that, but you know, not everybody practice their faith. And, and, and in America, you can choose to be, um, and st to stand on one of her side. But as far as me and my family, we follow the Lord. We believe in the Christian faith. We are conservatives and therefore Republican, the Republican Party is the only party that draws us in and allows us to practice our values as Christians. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the other thing uh, that I touched on in that question is that, you know, we're as conservatives, we're supposed to be so against immigration. But from your personal experience with immigrating into this country. Talk to, about, to us about why you think it's so difficult for people that just, you know, sitting at home, listening uh, ad nauseum to the news, in air quotes, the news, to distinguish between legal immigration and people who are not doing it through the proper channels. You know, and I'm sorry to say this because, um, you know, I, I, I'd like to have an opportunity to compare this this media to a socialistic media. Seriously, I mean, it's 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 unbelievable to me what I'm what I'm watching, and I often compare uh, what I faced in Iraq to what I'm seeing happening in America. It's it's unbelievable. The short answer to your question, as far as legal and illegal, short answer is one is lawful, and the other is illegal. Listen. We escaped a lawless country. We came to America to abide by the law because we didn't have justice because of the lawlessness of the many governments and leadership that came that took and stripped us of our, of our rights. And so as a legal immigrant, I resent the fact that I am looked at when I am supporting my president's uh, policies on immigration I'm a conservative and I'm a legal immigrant and a fierce proponent of legal immigration because based on the little that I just shared with you of my background of where I came from, it is unfair truly for someone like us, like my family, like my mother to risk her life because don't forget, I was, I was part of that group that of children, um, uh, DACA, you can call it, that my mother brought me here. You can say against my will, I didn't know any better, but nevertheless, I was brought here, but I wasn't brought here illegally. My mother, despite of the dangers she faced, brought eight children out of the, the dangers of Iraq 
legally. Because despite the imminent threat of uncertain dangers during our escape, my mother, who raised her, who risked her life to get us all out of Iraq, came here. Again, I, I want to repeat that. We came here legally. We faced genocide, terrorism, ethnic cleansing, and something, you know what, that many people don't want to believe me when I say we escaped and survived socialism. You know, I work to bring attention to all of the genocide survivors that are stuck and fallen through the political cracks of controversies in the Middle East. Yet, as an advocate, I always, and we always as a group at the American Assyrian uh, Republican Coalition of Arizona, we always explain to them, we will help you, but we are in support of our president and our country's immigration policies. When President Donald Trump closes the borders, it's not because he's being heartless, but he's being a wise leader that wants to protect the citizens of the country. And that includes me and my family, by the way. So as a legal immigrant, I escape so that I can enjoy this kind of social justice, this kind of security that I, 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 I enjoy in America. So here I am advocating for those that are, that are stuck in refugee camps all over. And I think Cheryl, you were there when I asked uh, where I met you at the last rally that Speak Up America. One of the questions I asked uh, of Paul Gozar, Congressman Paul Gozar and Adam um, uh, Biggs was, what are we doing about these Christians that are stuck over there? Having in mind that I know that there are immigration laws in place, which I enjoy. And that fact that being able to survive coming here, if I want to help my nation, my immigrant nations that are scattered all over the world, I need to survive here. I need to be protected here. I need to protect my voice in order to be able to raise it. So like I said, I mean, the mainstream media, um, you know, I know the president calls it fake news, but it's really a socialistic news that wants to force their ideology on you. And it reminds me of a, of a past that I'd like to forget because mm -hmm. I come from that kind of ideology where a force of forcing you to do things was a way of life. Hmm. That's so true. And um, I love that you're, you're giving us an example of, you know, you're questioning the elected officials, you're pressing the issues that are important. You're not just like, oh, Andy Biggs is amazing and Paul Gosar is amazing and Trump is amazing. You can recognize that they are good people doing good work, but we are also you and I both hold them responsible for what we elected them to do to represent us. And so I think that uh, more American citizens can, um, can learn from that kind of an example that we're, you know, the other side that, that just hates Trump for whatever reasons they hate Trump, all they can see is that we're a bunch of blind, mindless uh, fangirls or something, right? And yeah. So we can, we can uh, see the good that he's doing, praise the good that he's doing. Sometimes he d does and says things that I don't agree with. I can disagree with those. But overall, we can help our, our representatives understand us better as citizens and know how to better serve us. And um, I think that that is, is what has made America great and what is going to keep America great. And I, I have to point out, we can see the top, uh, those watching on video, uh, some people are listening on audio, but uh, there's just the top of your pin there. You've got uh, a little pin you're wearing. So Trump with some crazy blonde hair sticking up. It's so, that's very funny. That's very cute. Well, right below this, I got this at the Speak Up America rally, but right below that, I know you can't, I don't know if you can see it on camera. I'm wearing my Assyrians for Trump. Uh, which has become our, um, uh, you know, call for action, really, because Assyrians, for the most part, um, were forgotten and were never mentioned. And uh, people think of the Assyrian Empire and say, oh, these people are gone. We still speak the Aramaic language, which is the language spoken by Jesus himself. Mm -hmm. And so as Christians, you know, we're so proud to point that out. But, um, you know, we escaped and, and President Trump truly has been uh, one of the very few presidents that has spoken to the people, and I know that the uh, forgotten people of America in itself, I mean, he's, he, he resonated with them and, and he, they, 
he heard their voices. But for Christians from the Middle East, or you know, pretty much feel forgotten, um, he mentions us. He recognizes us. He knows we're here and he wants to help us. But unfortunately, with everything that he's been attacked with, uh, he, this man has not been left to do his job. Despite that, he's doing a phenomenal job. So we're proud to have been the Assyrians for Trump that voted for him and will, in fact, vote for him again this year in 2020. Mega 2020 landslide. <laughs> I love it. Um, so many young adults in the United States seem to be actively pushing away the freedoms that our founding fathers, the, the men and women that fought, bled, starved, and died in order to even cause this uh, constitution and this Bill of Rights that I'm holding in my hands to even be written. Um, and, and the young people seem to get all starry-eyed about socialism. Meanwhile, millions of people every day are risking life and limb to flee socialist countries and come to the United States. What do you say to those, perhaps well-meaning people, but people who think that socialism allows for a better life than what our founders uh, fought, bled, starved, and died to secure for us? From what I have lived in and survived, socialism is, is not the solution. It's a problem. It's the biggest problem. All forms of socialism have been proven or has been proven to be a system of servitude. There is no, there is no rights, there is no equality, as they say. In socialism, and as, as you mentioned with these young people, in socialism, the people are truly patriotic because they are looking for a better way of life. But it's the government that becomes the problematic issue or becomes the criminal that takes away and strips away based on those promises made that you will have equality, they strip people away from their rights. As with every instance of socialism, the people's authority lessens while the government increases, not only in power, but in wealth. So what we are facing today, and that's why I fear for my adopted mother country, America. Uh, I invite the young people to watch what's going on in Iraq. And if you haven't paid attention, please do. And other parts of the Middle East, the Iraqi, um, demonstrations how many how many kids that have uh that are on the streets demonstrating against the governments that have been killed i want to bring focus on that regardless of christian or, or muslim the iraqi people have never since the toppling of saddam or before saddam during the ba'ath regime of saddam have not been free i invite the young people to watch what's going on in iraq and 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 the struggle that they face all of the chaos is a result of the ongoing authoritarian, brutal, and very heavily enforced socialistic style of government. Um, Iraq has gone from one failed government to another as they struggle chasing what we all want, the dream of democracy. But it all started with Saddam Hussein. Uh, as surprising as some, and, and don't want to hear it, and I know I've been attacked on Twitter, on social media, uh, some people don't want to hear this, but before Saddam Hussein was known as the butcher of Baghdad, he was the progressive socialist and the hope of the Arab world, who later became the whore of the world because he, he earned the name of butcher of Baghdad. And for people to hear me say, the butcher of Baghdad was a socialist, they say, ah, you're just over, overreacting. You, you, know, you know what, if you think I'm overreacting, study the life of the butcher of Baghdad. And, and see what, what socialistic methods he used to take over and silence an entire country in the beginning, uh, and they will understand. So I invite them, I invite them to, uh, you know, um, I invite them to study the life of Saddam Hussein and, and, and his style of government before he became uh, a dictator that silenced everyone and said, you know what, You're, I'm going to speak for all of you. Mm. When you see all these protesters that are in, in Iraq, um, uh, did I say that right? Is it Iraq? Or is it Iraq, Iraq? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you see Iraq all the protests. Iran, Iran, where I'm right. from. Iraq. <laughs> okay. And there are people protesting, and they're being shot, killed, prison, imprisoned, tortured, whatever. And our, what I call socialist media here, is not covering that because their idea of socialism is better, and they don't want to scare everybody. I think. But yeah. we, you know, they Everybody thinks that their socialist views are better, but none of them anywhere have ever worked and they want to differentiate between 
which a term I've never, not I've never heard, but it's funny to me, democratic socialism. What is yeah. that? What right. is that? Made up, made up feel good words. They want to differentiate between what I survived and they tell me, oh no, it's a uh, pan-Arab socialism has nothing to do with, with the American or the Western uh, Socialist Party. Well, let me share with you the socialism principle of uh, the Ba'ath Party, which was a socialism principle uh, espoused by Saddam Hussein. Unity, freedom, and socialism. And I'll say it in, in Arabic. They used to call it Wahda Hurriya Al-Ishtirakiya. The Western model of, solo, of socialism, and I'm gonna compare the two. Uh, you've got solidarity, which is the Eastern part unity. You've got equality, that is socialism on the Eastern part. And the Western liberty is nothing more than the Eastern freedom. So you've got solidarity, equality, liberty, compared to the Saddam Hussein socialism party, unity, freedom, and socialism. Isn't that funny how they compare? how, how oh, yeah. they they're they're compatible oh yeah and socialism is just control that's all it is it's control Absolutely. of our people and when are you going to wake up and realize that everybody needs to know a socialist yeah. country is a government that controls the people period so this wonderful utopia of um socialism that uh your family thankfully escaped from you mentioned earlier that your mother was illiterate i i tend to think that probably wasn't a personal choice no, no. I mean, uh, from my mom's generation, very few, if any, were um, were educated. Um, the fact that my nation was so busy trying to survive that schooling was really done either at home, if there was someone that was literate. Now, for example, my father was only one year older than my mother, but because he was a man, he was educated. My father spoke uh, was very literate. He spoke and uh, could read and write three languages, Assyrian, Arabic, and English. And so, and my dad worked for, at the time, it was the English Petroleum Company that later converted to the Iraqi Petroleum Company. But nevertheless, those, you know, I mean, there was favoritism and, and you're, you're still in the Middle Eastern culture. A woman didn't speak until spoken to, didn't stand against her husband. So this is, this is the miracle. This is the uh, heroism of my mother to stand against her husband in the Middle East, which was unthought of, unthink of, unspoken of. And so for her to have uh, risen up above and beyond the social etiquettes of, uh, of our culture in, in the Middle East and still got us out, again, amazing. I'm going to be writing a book about my mother very soon, but um, amazing woman. Now, you know, I'm so privileged and honored to have called her mom. Seriously. I love that. That is, that is awesome. Um, and so one of the other uh, wonderful things about the, the, the place that you fled from is uh, how, and I say wonderful in a very uh, sarcastic way, is how Christians are treated. You are currently working to raise awareness to the plight of the persecuted Middle Eastern Christians. We don't hear enough about the eminent threat that they face of total annihilation you and your family not only escaped from that kind of persecution, but you personally are trying to help protect Christians in the Middle East. Can you talk to us about that work? Uh, absolutely, and this is the part where I get emotional mm -hmm. because um, I work from the heart. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, as I shared earlier, uh, I have survivor's guilt because um, I know that God has a plan for everyone's life and there's a reason why we survived when others perished. I mean, I have a lot of childhood um, friends that are no longer because of the fact of the life, either from the immediate uh, effects of the controversies in Iraq and, and Syria and Lebanon and Iran. And I need to mention all of those countries that Assyrians are suffering in and stuck in a lifestyle that they don't, of not, not of their choosing. My, 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 uh, greatest blessing is my voice is the fact that god allowed me to and my family to survive is so that we can raise our voice because the enemy of all humanity the fanatical terrorists the islamic fanatical terrorists who are using their islamic faith to cause chaos death and destruction 
is after one major plan. And the world, unfortunately, is not seeing what the plan really is. And for us to be raising up this issue, uh, and I hope that the president hears us, the politicians, the leadership hears us. This is not just about Mona Oshana, uh, Assyrians for Trump, and here we are. Listen to this plan. It is the plan of the fanatics to get rid of the Bible from its foundational region in the Middle East, because that's where it was founded. The three major religions are Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, right? The fanatics hate the Jews and want to get rid of the Old Testament, and the Christians who believe in both the Old and the New Testament of the Bible. When the Judeo-Christian Bible is no longer an influencer in the Middle East, what will there be? The fanatical Islamic terrorists, they can only point and enforce only one religion to take over the world. This is their plan to take over the world because the Christians that believe since the first century and the Jews that were, that, that were God's tribe from the beginning, they were God's people. Their psychotic form of archaic Islam is what they're wanting to enforce on the people, causing death and destruction. The world must support this ancient Christian community because Israel has a dot on the map, as I call it, because they have a country, they were supported. But the Christian community, the Christian communities across the Middle East are in danger of annihilation. The Christian communities of the Middle East evangelize the world. As Americans support Israel, they must support the existence of the Christians in the Middle East. However, today the Christians feel abandoned. They are left to fend for themselves when they have been fighting. Cheryl and Dan, we as Christians in the Middle East have been fighting on behalf of all Christians, on behalf of all Christendom, against the most fanatical enemy of all mankind, one-on-one. -on -one face to face. The only reason we face annihilation today is how much longer could we have withstood the enemy's plan of annihilation and the attacks? You know, we have, um, we have the Assyrian Church of the East, which is the church I belong to, numbered in 80 million. What, what you know, I mean, not what, what the Catholic Church is today, which by the way, the Catholic Church, with all due respect, has enjoyed prosperity an increase because it didn't face the atrocities that we faced, facing the fanatical Islamic terrorists that want to obliterate us from, from, all, from, from the world. So you have, you have flourishing, the Catholic Church is flourishing, and you have our, our patriarch who was ostracized and kicked out of Iraq uh, 80 years ago, brought his sea, his headquarters back into Iraq, because of this, this attack and because of the annihilation, because of stripping us of our rights, he moved. It's almost like with the 911 uh, first responders, while, while people were escaping the, the buildings, the, 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 the attack, the first responders were going back into the uh, towers. That's what the Assyrians are doing right now, is raising the alarm and, and letting the world know we're still in the fire. That's why my book, Look Beyond the Fire, because a lot of people look at Iraq for its oil, for its political siding, for uh, advantages that they have, uh, the footing that they have in Iraq. They don't look at the people that are suffering. They don't see the ethnic cleansing. They don't see the atrocities that people are, are, are as we the people, uh, must see the, the hurt and the pain and the struggle of the people. So, so Mona, what can, what can the Christians do? What can we do to help? They must rise up. They must rise up. The Bible said you cannot give uh, a blessing to, to a hungry person to say, go on your way and God bless you. We must rise up. It's a call for action. Christians are, what did we do for Israel? What are we doing for Israel? We are actively, actively working to save Israel because with Israel is, is, a, is, a, is basically an eagle with one wing. We need an eagle, eagle with two wings. The Assyrians or the Christians of the Middle East can be that second wing. Mm. America must have policies. The United States, the world must recognize, first and foremost, Dan, they must recognize the importance and the values of the existence of the Christians in the Middle East before they can act. Because once you establish the importance or you equate 
the Christians to the Jews, and you understand that the Islamic fanatical terrorists want to get rid of the Bible, there is no speaking to the Middle East. There, you're going to have a theocracy. You're going to have another Iran, worse than Iran. That's what, what we stand to lose. So with us pointing out what we stand to lose, what can we do? Should be an obvious answer to stand up. It's a call for action to understand the Christians are not just an ethnic group, as some would say, oh, um, Iraq is made up of so many people, of, but only the Christians and the Yazidis, I want to mention. The Yazidis have been strongly thwarted, have been strongly uh, manipulated or stripped of their, they have been silenced. And America must understand that today it's allying itself with the Kurds, which is fine. It's an, another, uh, uh, another group of people that are fighting for their, their rights, but nevertheless, the Kurds are actually taking the rights of the Assyrians and the Yazidis. Oh and that goodness. is how it's to in the media. Yeah. How our yeah. lands in the north, where we escaped from, from Saddam's Baghdad to, to, to go to the north, how the Kurds are also, also stripping the Christians of their, of their rights. So this is an, a, 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 a subject no one speaks about. No mm -hmm. one mentions because, again, and that comes from the fact that the issues in the Middle East are not understood. And that's why we are here. That's why we mention we are survivors. Because when you have survived, you have a story to tell. And who can tell that story better than what you're hearing or who you're hearing from today? Not just me, but all of the people that survived it have a story to tell. I can only imagine because in, in Iraq, you know, you're, you're a Christian, you're facing death, you're facing prison. In the United States, we also have a uh, threat to Christians. There's a lot of people that are trying to uh, get rid of the Christian beliefs that are in the United States even. But we can't even, we're not even beating that. We're not even winning with that. It's, it's really hard, but I understand. And we all need to help as Christians. We all need to help one another with whatever we can. I, I'll pray for you guys. I, I just- Thank you. It's, it's, you know, as Christians in America, I see we're very timid. We're very politically correct. We're afraid to hurt someone's feeling. And that's not to say that you know, we're compromising, basically. Us as Christians in America, me included, when I say us, and I mean we, um, we need to do more because we need to understand. And, and as you know, I mentioned this, um, it's, it's this, this lack of understanding. And the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And, and that knowledge, for some reason, is being rejected. A doctor asked me, where are you from? I said, from Iraq. He said, oh, immediately he thought I was Muslim, which there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I love, I, I have Muslim friends and family, not family, but like family, that will, 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 uh, will run uh, before a bus to save my life. I, I, I know, I've seen great Muslims out there because I've lived with them alongside them. But the doctor asked me, are you Muslim? And I said, no, I'm Christian. And I started talking about what kind, you know, Christian from the first century. He went on to ask me, uh, so you believe in Jesus Christ? And I said, doctor, yes, I'm a Christian. He went on further. Look how frustrating this is. He went on further to ask me, Jesus of Nazareth? You believe in Jesus of Nazareth? So Dan, when you're asking what can we do, we need to, we need to talk to each other right now internally and say, yes, I am a Christian. I am a Christian like you. Maybe, you know, there are differences in, 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 uh, in, in uh, dogmas and, and put that aside. Christians are being annihilated in the Middle East. Let's get together. Let's become one body. Let's recognize we are members of one body of Christ and, and, and at least have compassion towards one another. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up. So you, uh, Ms. Mona, feel very strongly uh, for all the reasons that we've been saying and, and probably more that we ha don't even have time to touch on, that our nation, the United States, is at a vital fork in the road and a step to the left or a step to the right on that road is going to set the path for all generations to come what can or should each person do in order to give our children and our children's children the opportunity to know the freedoms that brought your family and millions of others to the united states you know i love all of the uh quotes that uh on your website wonderful 
um, of, of Ronald Reagan, one of my favorite um, presidents of all time. Um, when we came to this country, Jimmy Carter was president and following him, of course, was Ronald Reagan. So I fell in love with Ronald Reagan. I watched him throughout his uh, two terms. As Ronald Reagan said, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. And I say that with the heaviest of heart because I am seeing uh, a backwardness to our country uh, I, that I fear. There was a fear that I always felt as a child in Iraq that I'm beginning to feel here in America. America has remained great, not only because it was established on solid foundation by our founders, but also because of the continued diligence of you and me, the people. The collective conscious effort of the people to stay aware of issues and voice our view respectfully has directed the continued victory of our Republic. And so that voice is fainting. That's what I'm afraid of. That voice of reason um, is fainting because we are afraid of the backlash. We must never be ashamed of our American values. And that's what I noticed in the previous administration uh, where I became fearful in 2010. Uh, of the shame that we felt about being proud Americans. That's why I have this flag behind me because this flag saved me. And I'm going to shout it on the top of my lungs, America saved, saved someone that was at the brink of, of annihilation and death. We are the standards. America is the standard that people, uh, that people look at. We are the exceptional lifestyle the world looks to compare greatness to. When, they, when we spoke of greatness from over yonder, we thought of America. We are the guide that sets the path of the world to follow. We must never be ashamed of that, never compromise those values. We cannot resign from our post, nor slumber for our, from our duty as the people. America remains great because of the people. We the people. And anything short of that, Dan and Cheryl, is truly, truly a sad, it's going to be that generation. Are we going to be, as Ronald Reagan said, are we going to be that generation that will end it all? Thank God for President Donald Trump, because we were truly, if he had not been elected, we would have been that close to losing all that we enjoy today. And so what we're facing today is the resistance of going back and making America great again. And so for those that sit back and say, America, was it, when was America ever great or when did it, did it ever lose being great? It was at the brink of losing its greatness. And I'm so thankful and, and pray for our president all the time that people must rise up and continue their diligence. Mona, 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 you just, you got a nerve, man. I tell you this. I, you I hit a nerve? Yes. I completely forgot about the fact that the last president, I can say his name because I can, Obama, made us feel ashamed to be, tried to make us, tried to make us feel ashamed to be an American and embarrassed. And, oh, I'd like to see him right now. <laughs> I mean, it's just because. Gives him a piece of your mind. Yes, because, it, you know, and that's what he was doing. And shame uh you know i remember when we first had a gun shop people used to say what do you do for a living we used to say well we have an auction house and a gun shop and we'd keep that quiet and it's just like we had shame in the we we were, we were proud of our business but yeah it made us feel shame and how dare them we have a gun shop and an auction house okay so thank you for bringing that up and reminding yeah, i just me. want to mention if i could uh, we must pray pray as christians our, our Bible teaches us to love our enemy and, 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 and the liberal brothers and sisters in America are not our enemies, but we must always pray for them. As one of my neighbors, and I have to mention his ethnicity, he was Romanian. And when he heard my story that I escaped from Saddam Hussein, he was very, very compassionate and, 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 and empathized with me. But you know what he said? You know what he said? Mm -hmm. it, it just boggled my mind. He said, Jesus Christ died for Saddam Hussein too. And that's the attitude we must have, but never resolve to not fighting for our rights to keep America, the, gr the greatest country in the world that people look to, to come in as a safe haven as I did. And it's so it's hard, to, it's true. hard to pray for people that cause bloodshed and try to, you know, like take away from the Christian's life. <clears throat> you know, I, it's hard. I have, I struggle with that a lot about praying for people that are evil. 
thought we're called to though. That's yes. part of that is part of our our faith, right? Um, well, Mona, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for all that you have brought to our minds today. Um, I, I'm so thankful for uh, who you are. I'm thankful for your parents. Thankful for the journey that you you've walked through. Um, even the hard parts. That's hard to say out loud, you know, to somebody that's walked through difficult things. But I'm thankful for it because it's made you who you are, and it's it's brought the story um, that, that other people can't just cast aside easily. It's like, oh, well, she doesn't know because, or I heard on the news. So therefore it negates what Mona's family went through. They were there. They were there. And, and you're here now. And, um, we, we want to tell folks, how can they follow you? How can they learn more about all that you're working on and all that you're doing? Well, thank you so much once again for this great opportunity to speak about uh, a forgotten issue, really uh, an issue placed on the back burner. Um, I have a website called monakeshow.com. Uh, I started a radio program out of my frustration of not hearing the truth about what's going on in the Middle East and elsewhere. And so um, I'm in the process of updating that. And of course, I'm on social media, either under Monike Oshana, my name, or Monique Show. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Please follow me because the stories I share truly are not heard anywhere because they're not sensationalized. They're not, they don't bring ratings, but nevertheless, it's the truth uh, that we need to face in this world. So thank you sad? so much for this opportunity. Isn't it sad that truth does not bring ratings? Yeah. Yeah. The truth <laughs> does not bring, it reminds me of a song that uh, the, the one guy did. It says, if I mention God, my records won't be sold. Mm. you know that's true uh, yeah so, okay so, well know. let's 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 mention god 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 yes. god bless yeah. america yes. yeah. <laughs> that's right. i love it thank, Mona, you. thank you very much and thank you for coming to the united states and thank you for coming to arizona thank you god bless you god bless you miss mona bye-bye bye now bye-bye Well, that just got me all riled up when I think about the fact that we had a president of this here United States that thought that it was embarrassing to be an American. That was then. This is now. Were we embarrassing when we helped England and, you know, defeat Germany? Were we embarrassing then? Apparently. You know, and, and yeah, we have some, uh, in the quilt right? Yeah. The quilt work of our nation. We have some stains, we have some tears, and we don't minimize those by being proud of the things that, you know, one thing doesn't negate the other. No. You know, we can be proud while also recognizing, just like I said earlier in the interview, we, we don't have to hero worship our president, but we can definitely recognize that he is doing some things that are truly representative right. of what's in this document, our Constitution and Bill of Rights. Sometimes he misses the mark, that's for sure. But again, it, we, we can take the good with the bad and the bad with the good and continually work towards better all the time. And um, causing an entire nation of people to feel shame over our heritage and right. over who we are for having been born here at the exact same time that there are people literally facing, you know, risking life and limb to get here. How does that make any sense? Right. And, so. you know, so anytime you think about socialism, just think about what Mona's gone through, her family's gone through. Mm -hmm. Just another one, just like Venezuela and all the other things that, you know, free is not free, folks. Free is not free. That's the truth. All right. Well, thank you so much to our listeners. We so appreciate you. And I know that when we uh, have a guest on like Mona and we, we really lean into our, our Christian faith and the topic of Christianity, that there are people out there that, that are listeners and viewers of the show that they don't share that faith. Um, but we hope that, uh, no, we don't hope. We appreciate that you allow us that you'll you'll listen you know that you share right. part of our life with your life with us exactly yeah. it's like we're not trying to indoctrinate anybody we're just speaking about what we believe we're speaking about what we know 
and um well that wouldn't be very much for me we <laughs> but we uh we value that so much yes. and we thank you so much for um taking the time to to tune in and and whether you're on youtube or or gunstream or watching us or whether you're on gun freedom radio listening to us um or one of the other audio platforms out there um thank you so much for spending that time to be with us and then to take those thoughts and ideas that we discuss here around your dinner tables and, and into the chat rooms on, on Facebook and, you know, those kinds of things, because that's where the messages really, you know, take hold and move forward and resonate. Um, and speaking of our website, gunfreedomradio.com, if you go there and you click the on demand tab, you'll be able to listen. You'll be able to binge listen to your heart's content, as I like to say, to all of the shows that we've ever recorded. And if you click the guest tab, you'll be able to see a picture and a bio and links to all the guests we've ever had on. And it's a tremendous resource um, for you to have at your fingertips. Um, so yes, thank you to our listeners and thank you to our amazing guests. Yeah. Mona is just amazing. I, I want to start listening to her show. I can't believe I haven't uh, up to this point, but the what, Mona K show. What, what George? Oh, George, you just want to remind you, you know, we can all have differences of opinions. We can all have different beliefs and views. Yep. But if we all just believe in this right here, the Constitution, and follow the Constitution, then I think we're all going to just do fine. And for those that don't want to do the Constitution thing, they have airplanes that can take you places <laughs> that, that where maybe you want to be getting that free stuff. I heard that Venezuela is giving all kinds of free stuff out. So if you don't want to believe in this, there's other places. You can. Canada. Think about Canada right now. You know, As George that was talking to you, yeah, George, George Washington. Yes. He talks George. to us daily. That's, well, if you read the Constitution, he definitely yeah. is. So, yeah. all right. Pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them? All of them, Dan. Even the ones you don't like. Especially the ones you don't like. Oh, my mic quit working. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 no, it didn't. You said, yeah, I said it. No, no, you didn't. But I'll, I'll let you do it now. Okay. Good job. All right. Be good to each other. Have a great week. And God bless.